0: Alright, hello, welcome to uh guy in this Truck Podcast. My name is Crispus Saxon, I'm the Guy in this Truck. And this, uh, this is going to be a little show uh, that I'm putting together just kind of past the time. I have an uh, hour commute during my drive to work, and I've been doing that for about uh, five years. And, you know, there are times in which, you know, the other podcasts or the other music that you normally listen to or just you don't want to hear that that day and you get to talking no, thinking out loud about the various topics or current events or what have you that might interest you in that moment and kind of just you know talking to the wall which is a lot of what it feels like on uh, solo podcasting so it's kind of where the thought came from and then also uh, I was formerly on a podcast that is now um, on hiatus called um two-thirds the podcast that was with uh three of my best friends um from college uh we used to just get together and just have philosophical conversations about nothing which is just find ways to make you laugh with the various topics that might have come from whatever the case may be, whether it was social media, whether it was just something we thought of, something we saw in real life, taking it from, you no know, current events like the Olympics or something along those lines, and then coming up with random topics to go on and then just having some fun uh, with those, kind of like sitting in the garage with your buddies, you know, having a session and, and just talking shit. So uh, because of that and the start that that gave me, I do believe uh, that that is you know how I got here, and how I found the confidence, and not only hearing my voice, but wanting to then record something on my own. And this is something that I've been tossing around uh, for a few months, just trying to figure out: is this something I really want to do? Is this something I really want to pursue? Um, it has nothing to do with trying to make any money or trying to you know change anything, trying to invoke anything. Just a guy having fun, getting some thoughts on wax and maybe, you know, build a community around, you know, some of the ideas or some of the instances that I will, uh, be giving. And so, as I'm sure you saw on the logo, uh, sports, music, social commentary, that's literally all this podcast is going to be as I drive, uh, to and from work. So, this first episode is actually a from work, uh, episode, not a to work, uh, recording in the afternoon on, uh, what is this, May 16th, I believe, 2023, so, uh, yeah, this is it. This is a start. So um, the first topic of this first, the first, the topic of the first episode is about the NBA playoffs, uh, specifically about the teams that are currently in the conference finals as of this moment. And those conference finals are starting tonight, May 16th, 2023, uh, specifically with the Western conference finals. Uh, being between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets, and then the Eastern Conference uh, Finals that will start later this week is between the Boston the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. And the reason why these four particular teams interest me and brought me to want to talk about them were because these were also teams. That were involved in the NBA bubble, and I find that very interesting. And, and that was in 2020, uh, due to the pandemic. The 2019-2020 NBA season was obviously put on hold with the pandemic, and then restarted uh, in Disney World. With not every NBA team, just certain teams with certain records were invited, and then from there, you know, they resumed the rest of the season, had the playoffs, all those things, and so. That, that specific playoffs and so that specific finals I've always been treated with a measure of kind of like putting an asterisk on those playoffs and on those and on that chip specifically and mainly because it wasn't in the context of you know what we would deem normal for the NBA season, right? Or at least the playoffs where there was no home court advantage, there was no travel. All these things, and, and people have kind of used that as a way to kind of denigrate the play, the bubble, and obviously it would take you know something to, again along those lines for that to ever happen again. But I've always felt that the commentary around the bubble didn't make any sense to me, and now that those exact same four teams are back in you no know, the conference finals again, you know technically three seasons later, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean anything? Or is it just me rambling about something that I thought was interesting? So, that's what uh, this episode is going to be about. And so, yeah, let's get into it. And so, the first thing that I want to start with when it comes to these teams, just a little reflection on the teams themselves. And so, uh, if we're going to go from most championships to least. And so, I'm a Boston Celtics fan, mainly due to the championships of Bill Russell, him being the first black NBA coach, uh, winning, you know, 11 rings as a player, and just kind of setting the standard of what the NBA was going to be um, over the next 75 or so, it's 50 to now we're at NBA 75. And... I believe in some total, those individuals have won, I believe it's 16 NBA championships. That is very impressive. <laughs> uh, as I just said, this is the NBA 75 season, 75th season. Last year was the 75th season, This was the 76th season. So, what, so, literally, in year will be the 76th championship in the NBA, 16 belong to. To a team that is technically has a chance to win another one. Well, two, because the Los Angeles Lakers are also tied with 16 NBA championships. Um, And so, with that, we have kind of reached a very interesting place as these are often seen as the two most story franchises in the NBA. And obviously, they're now on the precipice of being able to add another chip to their potential, you know, uh, cabinets. And so, literally monopolizing over half of the NBA championships throughout history. But it's also to that point, right, their consistency and pedigree as organizations have made them into teams that can be present and also win in different eras and generations, different iterations, different coaches, like all the things, while there are other teams who literally can't get right to even make it out of the second round or even into the playoffs. for the first time in their franchise history, and yet here we are about to potentially crown the 17th for one of these story franchises. Then we move on to uh, the Miami Heat. We have a grand total of, I believe, four NBA championships, which, if you were to remove the Southern and the Lakers, we'll put them in, like, the top four or five of franchises with NBA championships. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's, like, Chicago, once you get past them with 16 apiece, I believe it's Chicago with 6, San Antonio with 5, Golden State with 5, and then, yeah, uh, Miami with 4, and there's a couple other ones I think have 4. But I mean, those are the ones that are literally, once you get past the Celtics and the Lakers, they're the only teams that have 4 or more. I believe are those three teams, um, which is those those four teams, which is alarming and a little damning in itself. Especially when we start talking about the other franchises in the league and just like kind of what's what's going on, guys. Um, why like can we can we get together? Can y'all finally you know turn around? But this isn't about them. It's about some of the most successful franchises in NBA history. Except for one more, the other team in these playoff in these finals is the Denver Nuggets. Now, Denver is quite interesting because they do not even have a NBA Finals appearance in their storied history, which, again, as I just lamented, isn't so far beyond the pale, but at the same time, it does create, you know, the narratives around, okay, will they finally be able to get there? And given the fact that they were in the Western Conference Finals three years ago, not the first time they've been to Western Conference Finals either was that was in twenty twenty. You know, you've had the opportunity, I think this will be the third or fourth time they've at least gone to the conference finals. Can they finally get over the hump and make it an into the finals and potentially and I think if they just being objective here, um, despite my LeBron and Boston fandoms, I do recognize that Denver is the best team in these playoffs this season. They were that they had the best player in the league this season, and despite a clearly narrative, MV, the narrative changing on his MVP on the MVP vote, he would be the 2023, 2022, 2023 NBA MVP. If not for a little fatigue and question marks on can we give a guy a third MVP. If he has not been at least two a finals, there's some conversation to have about that. I don't know if there's there's a whole lot there, but to each his own. So now, the guy who did get the MVP just got bounced out in five games. Uh, So you know, six games, one of them, no, seven games, seven games. Sorry, Jesus Christ, (laughs) Boston beat him in seven games the other night, and you know, that kind of is what it is. So. But this would be arguably the best year for the Denver Nuggets to potentially get over the hump, given that they're playing a Lakers team that has a a guy who sometimes doesn't show up every game, a 38-year-old legend playing on virtually one foot, and a bunch of guys whose names you might know but probably don't. But... Beyond that, I think when we start to talk about the bubble, again, it gives it gets a bit of a bad rap with the bubble. Not entirely sure why. Um, obviously, I think the pause and play gives people a measure of kind of like, oh, okay, is that a real chip? Or is that a real... Or actually, before I get into that, I want to just talk about the bubble. So... The bubble itself, I believe, was probably one of the greatest things that the NBA came up with just offhand, just off-cuff, just one of, one man's opinion. I enjoyed the NBA bubble. Now, I know for players and coaches and even fans of those who are in cities that have NBA franchises, I am sure that you missed your team. And I am sure that you miss being home or having your team at home or being home if you're one of the players. Um, and just having that sense of normalcy in the season. But obviously, you also want to crown a champion, right? So you got to figure out the best way to do that. And so they did not invite, again, they did not invite every NBA team. I believe it was six teams in total that were not invited. Give me just one second. I had it pulled up. Uh, yes, the Golden State Warriors, the Atlanta Hawks, the Charlotte Horns, the Chicago Bulls the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Detroit Pistons, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the New York Knickerbockers were not invited to the NBA bubble. And so that leads to roughly, I think, uh, was it like 16? that would lead around 14 teams, 20 teams, no, 24 teams rather, excuse me, that would be invited to the bubble, uh, 12 from each conference, and then that would also create that's also where they kind of started the play-in tournament scenario, so to speak, um, that they're kind of still using to this day, I think, but started in the bubble, which, again, we'll come back to that, but also something that is kind of beneficial and makes the end of the NBA season a lot more important than um, has been in history. And so, But with the NBA bubble itself, And inviting those teams, I do think that um, it it would create an environment to me that is, like, the best basketball we'll ever get. And what I mean by that is you gave all the teams, even the ones that didn't get invited, technically, they all got a four-month break. Those other six... We'll come back to them because a couple of those I want to definitely talk about um, in the context of of where we're we're heading in the context of the last couple of years where these four teams that were in the conference finals were making their way back uh, since being in the bubble. We'll get to that in a moment. But with those teams that were there and the fact that there was a four-month break I believe it allowed for any of those random little tic tac injuries that guys normally have to heal up. From there, I think that because you had no distractions and there was no travel, fatigue wasn't really an issue. And then the distract, no distractions part of it allow for essentially basketball to be the main thing. And now there were obviously some larger scale social issues that happened during the bubble, specifically George Floyd. And that reaction of the players at that time while in the bubble was very pointed because there was a feeling that there, as as and as we all know, we in that moment it was the feeling of truth that there are more important things in basketball, and so if there are more important things in basketball. Is it so important that we're here dribbling and shooting when we could essentially stop all this as players and really kind of cause you know a large enough commotion essentially? to do, you know, something effective. We can get into the larger points about why that didn't materialize and how people wanting to call former U.S. presidents about how to handle social justice issues when they themselves were not the most socially conscious presidents. But you can give them to all the reasons why that wasn't the case. But also in a capitalist mindset, very interesting to call a former U.S. president about advice on what, essentially, members of a union should do against their employer. It's almost like calling one of the employers. But, okay, there's neither here nor there. So, the bubble happens. You know, they do the social justice stuff. They get the, you know, it takes all of us on the floor and all that stuff like that. Um... And the finals end up being, and I mean to be honest, them was a little hampered in those bubbles. even then um, they weren't, as you would say, full strength compared to where they are now, right? Some of the guys that they are leaning on now were even on the roster, let alone actively playing due to um, injuries they came into the league with were not available at that time. So, now I ain't going to go back and look at what what the things were, but about the, the games were, but the finals ended up being the Lakers versus the Miami Heat, which would be any NBA fan or any pundits, like, dream scenario of an NBA finals because, yeah, you're traveling back and forth across the country, but you're in Miami and L.A., right? So, it's like, <laughs> you know, you're probably not going to be complaining too tough about you know you be playing about the the time you spend it in the air but not be too playing too much about whether about where you're gonna be when those finals end. And we're gonna just leave it like that. And then the cruel irony was it happened during the NBA bubble when they are literally locked into Orlando, Florida at Disney World playing these games. Lakers win that chip um LeBron's fourth, 80's first, a whole bunch of guys, first, seconds, thirds, even. Um, Miami played a really great series, but just ran out of gas. And, okay. There's, no, I think the season ended in roughly October. After the restart, September, October ish, I believe they restarted the NBA season in December. So it was a, was it two months? Month and a half, like 90 days, like if, if that, like it's like 80 day turnaround, something like that, and that thing have been up being, it's something really crazy, like something a really, really, really tight turnaround from close of the bubble to okay, let's get back into the arenas with a shortened season. Okay, now with that shortened season, what End up happening well yeah okay the the fans feather was different all of so in the bubble season that ends um going to the next season I'm just gonna high point the the things that I'm trying to say the finals for the 2020 2021 season were the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns and The real real question that I'm trying to get to the bottom of is, how did we get back here? How did these specific four teams get back to the conference finals when there was a measure of this was a, quote unquote, this was a fluke when it happened during the bubble, right? These aren't really good teams. They're just lucky teams. These are whatever. And the narrative around them was a little different in how the fans felt about the, that about that, specifically the Lakers, specifically LeBron's no chip there was a little bit of an asterisk on it like oh is that a real chip without the context of travel and home court advantage and blah 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 yes because you removed all those variables and it was only about basketball it was only about what team is the best what guys wanted more which is the essence of sport right like the whole premise of why we do this and why we watch this is what guys want it more do my guys want it more right sometimes that's what it means that's what matters that's what that's what dictates the game is who wants it more and there are other factors obviously that go into you know why no betting and things like that getting to it again like injuries and travel and weather and Fatigue and girlfriends and wives and children and all those things. None of that was there. None of that was there in the bubble, and I know it was rough, and I know they got some visitation in and stuff like that had to work it out. But like, I still think that that level of basketball we will never see again because you will never have that level of focus from the players. And as he, and you can see it kind of in these playoffs. Why? How? season narrative and potential distractions might derail your chances of winning a chip. And what you see, at least in these four teams, is these teams might be the four teams with the strongest spirits of the of any of the franchises. Because of the bubble. They went through hell and high water to not only stick it out, play it out, deal with all the vitriol of their families not being around their families, the pain of that, the stress of that, all those things. These guys are built different. And that's in and that and I think what we'll find is the psychological makeup of NBA players is gonna of athletes in general is gonna start becoming maybe more of a a, a focus point or a focal point when evaluating players and building your team. That as much as these are about talent and coaching and all the other stuff, it's a people business. At the end of the day, you're dealing in people and people have to get along. There's that funny little term called team chemistry. I wonder what that means. (laughs) Like, stuff like that matters, right? So stuff like Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole at the top of the season, of this season, might matter at the end of the season When you need Jordan Poole to be focused on taking shots But he's in his head Because he don't know if he can be himself Because the last time he was being himself Got him punched in the face That brother might be a little bit too in his head To be a, a consistent contributor In the times you may need him Even after you paid him $30 million When, you know, we'll see that is. that is We'll see how that ends up going for the Golden State Warriors. But in any case, I do think, so when we look at that with the bubble, though, in the context of the bubble, and over the last two years, I do want to point something out. Going to the 2021 season, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns were the two representatives from their respective conferences in the finals. Phoenix was the first team out of the bubble. Not the first team out. Mainly, I didn't know the Tank is the last team out of the bubble. They went on a run and they, in the bubble that a lot of people felt sort of warranted them making it into the playoffs or the play-in or what have you. Um, and <laughs> there's a level of measure to it because they won off the games. I think there was like eight games left. That they used to, you know, confirm seeding, especially for the like the bottom two seeds. And yeah, they won all eight. <laughs> so I think in a lot of ways, people felt like, dang, Phoenix probably should have been here, right? Because they won all the games. Like right? they won all the games in the bubble. Right. Every other team probably had at least one loss. They were the only team that technically left the bubble undefeated. So, you know, there's a measure of that. But you take, you know, essentially an extra, you know, mini camp to go down to Orlando to get ready. You still get a little bit of an off season, just out beat around Thanksgiving. And then you get to start it with your season in December. That might create an an environment where... One, you don't have the extra miles of playing the entirety of the playoff, the bubbles, and play, the playoffs in the bubble. You were back home. You were resting. You were essentially the same team, just riding it back to next year. Okay, yeah, you were probably not making the playoffs in a short and condensed season, and you were the first one of the first teams home. That makes sense, all right. And you had a team that was relatively good. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. But walking to the side, now they were in the bubble. They even made it into the playoffs. But they got bounced out of the second round by the the Miami Heat. Which means they were also home earlier than these four teams that were in the conference finals. And so what that means is that it kind of stands to reason that when we get to the end of it all in that season... That when you look at we got look at the twenty 2020, twenty 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 one condensed season, I'm pretty sure the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Heat, and the Celtics all had significant injuries that affected them not only making the playoffs, but being competitive in them. Right? That's his own separate thing for another day. Right. Then beyond that we have, you know, then the next year, that's 2021. 2022 is Golden State versus the Boston Celtics. Golden State, if you recall, was not invited to the bubble. Golden State was dealing with those two back-to-back seasons Two major Clay Thompson injuries. So at the end of the 2019 playoffs between the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant were hurt during that series, and Clay Thompson was not able to return even in the way that KD did, even just for a game. Clay Thompson then at took all that time off, you know, did not return at all for the shortened season. No, no, didn't return. Now I was into the bubble. Then when they're getting ready to start the shortened season, the 2020, 2021 season, he got hurt in practice. I almost, I'm almost certain it was like the first practice at training camp. He tore... He did the other injury. So, I can't remember the order, but there was a torn ACL and a torn Achilles. He literally got one after the other. Okay? This is coming to a large discussion about what happened in these current playoffs. But that's where... That we're staying in the past at the moment. So, that derailed the Golden State Warriors, not only from getting invited to the bubble, but also, um, a part of the reason why they got bounced out of the play-in tournament And 21. All right. 22 last year. Like I said, the chip was between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. Denver, unfortunately, had the injury bug yet again. With an actual one of their their superstars, one of their star superstars was hurt. So, yeah, they weren't going to make too much noise in the playoffs. L.A. injured. Yeah, injured, hurt, banged up, got bounced in the first round. Um, no, no, they didn't make it that last year. They got bounced in the first round in 21. 22, they didn't make the playoffs. Excuse me. Uh, Miami made the playoffs but didn't go very far, if I'm not mistaken, this last in 2022. <laughs> so, Boston being a team that, won got bounced in 2020 out of the, out of the Eastern Grammars Finals by Miami, like I said, it's now back in the finals. Well, that kind of stands for reason. A younger team, more or less, they were honestly, by average age, probably one of the youngest teams that were in that bubble. Three years, two years later, there would still be a relatively young team who was relatively healthy, even in 21. They're just a little banged up in 21. So back in 2022, as one of the teams who made it to the finals in the bubble, the conference finals in the bubble, and then are now back in the finals themselves. Um, potentially to break the tie with the Lakers and get their 17th ship. As we know now, that did not happen. And the Golden State Warriors won their fifth uh, franchise championship. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green's fourth as a core unit. Now that brings us back to the current playoffs. And there was obviously, I mean, if you go back and look at this season, there was no rhyme or reason why you would think that the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers would be in the conference finals. I mean, at one point, the Lakers were 2-10. They were literally holding steady as like the 13th seed in the NBA and in the West. And they are 15 teams in the West. Okay. They were down bad in a way that we have never technically seen the Lakers. Like it was almost, it was almost the Steve Blake years, right? It was almost a little wall dang. It was the, almost the overpaid Timothy miles golf, the wall dang Steve Blake years. Like, wow, what is going on here? But, you know, turned it around, made some trades, were able to, you know, create uh, the space where they were able to get some younger um, some younger guys around LeBron and Anthony Davis, got some defense, now they you know back in, back rolling. Denver, damn near front runner all season, right? Literally, pretty much a front runner all season long. Boston, as long as they got those two guys, they were gonna be competitive a top three seed all season long. And so, I think it's very interesting to have those four teams back in, in the finals now given that so many people talk so much shit about them and about how the, about the validity of the bubble playoffs and the conference finals, let alone the finals and chip. And kind of talking about, you know, the rest of, fatigue, travel, injury components that truly derail teams' chances to win and how important that is. Um, But beyond that, like I said, I think it's the mental makeup. These are probably the four, in my estimation, as I kind of alluded to before, they're, to me, the most four battle-tested teams in the NBA because they were in the play, in the bubble. Not only did you play more or less the full season like everybody else, went through the four-month break like everybody else, came back to the bubble like everybody else, except these four teams went further than everybody else, and two of them went the furthest. And then those two teams, for sure, took the longest time to come back to the conference finals. And <laughs> then Denver, kind of same boat. Had an injury bug for two years. And it took them that long of a time to come back to the conference finals. Health and wealth allowed for the Boston Celtics to kind of bounce back after the twenty-one season to make it back to the finals and to make it to the finals in twenty-two, and then potentially you no know, to the finals again this year uh, in twenty-three. But I, I brought up that battle-tested thing because when you look at all of the narrative this season, coming to the playoffs, the betting odds, all those things, no one believes in Denver except for people who've been watching all season, and then they, I don't know why people got so far on themselves when it came to the Phoenix Suns adding Kevin Durant, as if Kevin Durant is not coming off like two or three major injuries in the last few years or medium injuries in the last few years, let alone the fact that he just got there, let alone the fact that they traded a whole bunch of depth to get him. I don't know why people were just adamantly thinking that they were just going to be the team that's going to go to the Western Conference Finals. I understand that 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 was a, I guess you can call it reasonable expectation given the amount of talent on the team, but given the fact that we know Chris Paul, we've seen Chris Paul's movies. Once it get past, like once it get past the first round, you are just on borrowed time for Chris Paul. Like, we we've seen his movies since he was uh, in Houston. It is only a matter of time before he gonna get hurt, and he not gonna be there for you late in the playoffs. Unfortunately, that has been kind of the tail of the tail end of his career. Total so reason why they were looking at Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, two, like, distant shooters, and being like, yeah, yeah, they got it. When they're big man don't want to be big, let alone even tall man. No. So, of course, Denver disposed of them quickly. Miami got the New York Knicks out of here. Which, I mean, look, man, the Knicks, if you're a Knicks fan... You should take the 2023 NBA season as an achievement. I don't know why anyone in their right mind would think that y'all had any juice to get further than the Eastern Conference semis. I can see how y'all thought y'all had a chance to get to the Conference Finals. But only God knows how like delusional y'all would have been if y'all had gotten to the Conference Finals. Let alone the finals. Like, who knows how delusional y'all truly would have gotten at New York fans if that had happened. But thankfully, Miami Heat, you no, know, took care of that, you know. They, hey, I hey, crazy New York. Went out on the shield, seven games, made them work for it the whole night. By that same property, Boston had to work for theirs as well. But that was primarily due to... Uh, that's I they Miami might have been the game five or six. Five or six. I don't think they got the, I don't think that. was a game seven. It might have been like a game five or six for Miami. I think it was game five. Um, yeah. Boston and Phil on the other hand, no, that was a game seven. And as a Boston fan, that is honestly the most like this is one of the most frustrating seasons I've ever had. Because our coach that got in the finals last year decided to do some inappropriate things with somebody at work in the front office and got up out of, had to get up out of there. So then we got his understudy, who, you know, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, right? It's like you look at it sometimes, it's almost like the exact same things. I mean, this might be more so about the players, not the coaches. But it's what I'm about to say is true. But it's almost the exact same thing that we felt with Ema Udoka last year. We just like it just kind of seemed like our guy just stopped playing. Right? We don't want to show up. Game to game. We can't be consistent. Game to game. Huh. Kind of the same thing we were saying last year when Udoka was coaching. So maybe it's not the coaching, maybe it's the players. it's neither here nor there. We won out. Congratulations to the Boston Celtics. Maybe we'll win out again and get back to the finals, and maybe get to bite, another bite at the apple. But the real congratulations goes to the Los Angeles Lakers. And specifically, LeBron James. And the reason I say this is that the Los Angeles Lakers in the 2023 playoffs beat the Golden State Warriors, the defending champion Golden State Warriors, let me be correct, in six games. Everybody and their grandmother was out here wishing, hoping, and praying that Clay Thompson who I just told you came off two the two in two injuries that prior to like 10 years ago would have wholesale derailed their career like if not ended it <laughs> you know what I'm saying 10 years ago an ACL or Achilles still would have like ended your career that's just how crazy Medical science has come in the last ten years, let alone anything else. Right, that is just that is a fact. Ten years ago, that that might've, he might have never played the game of basketball again, let alone walk normally. And yet he's out there playing at a high level. Hey, nothing can nothing more can be said about you know the the, the lion heartedness of a guy like Klay Thompson, man. Truly, to stay dedicated to the game, to come back after those injuries, and you no, know, not only won the championship last year, but then put yourself in position. To potentially win another one this year Who am I to tell you that he's not You know he ain't got the heart of a line That being said The heart of a line Notwithstanding This ain't that This ain't about heart This is about ability And I don't know Why anyone watched the Golden State Warriors this year Be absolutely Terrible on the road Mind you I mean terrible. I mean terrible on the road. Like, the worst re- away record like, away, yeah, the worst away record for the defending champion
1: in NBA history.
0: Like, it is truly damning that they were even above 500. It's alarming they were above 500 given how just more bun they seem to be on the road. But people are like, hey man, that guy win one. Okay. Yeah, they can do that against Sacramento. Sacramento wasn't ready. Sacramento was not ready, and that's and that's okay. They had a nice, they won, they let they let the West Coast Knicks, nice heartwarming tale with a team of a bunch of upstarts who are probably still at least one major piece away. Literally, what both of those teams were, and that's fine. If you were a fan of the Kings, you a fan of the Knicks, you have nothing to be ashamed about in your season. But we thank you for getting them out the paint when you did because ain't nobody got time for y'all small markets or y'all more fun teams, right? Or <laughs> well, y'all not ready teams. That's all that matters. We, are, we have no time. We are here for stars and big markets when it gets late in the postseason. That's it. But in any case, so the Lakers got the Golden State Warriors up out of here in six games. And I plan on having a larger discussion about the LeBron-Jordan debate. It might come once these playoffs are over. have they end for LeBron James this in 2023, I might do my episode on that then. And what I will really be talking about is one uh, loud african-american new york commentator on a major sports network and his seemingly just i don't know what to call it we're going i'm going to discuss stephen a's relationship with the lebron jordan debate so a little bit lebron jordan debate but really talking about really a kind of deep dive look from my own seat on what I believe to be going on with Stephen A. Smith as it pertains to this particular debate. Oh, I, I'm gonna have a lot of fun with that one. But in case, at the case, as of right now, let's 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 get towards the end of, of this one here. So, with that being said, you no, know, we got him about there. since games, and the narrative around it was, "Wow, what if Steph Curry?" Beats LeBron James in this series, and and I'll give I'll give people the benefit of something to include and win the chip this year. What would that mean for Steph Curry? Again, I'm going to expand on the Stephen A. Smith point later on, but he made the point that if that if 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 that happens. We have to start maybe having a discussion about moving LeBron James off the quote unquote Mount Rushmore basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, okay, all right. I understand he's the people's champ. I understand he is literally the only thing close to a rival for LeBron James because of Kevin Durant, the Kevin Durant's, the quadlins of the world, just never stayed healthy enough or consistent enough to be that. And Steph Curry is the only thing, person or player that seems like a true rival to LeBron James. Let alone all the other things that y'all want to put on Steph to try and build up, you know, his legend even more. Don't get me wrong; he's the number two point guard all time behind Magic Johnson. To me. I believe that with his finals MVP last year, I can confidently put him in my top ten. But I'm not going further than that. Like, I do believe at this point in time I can confidently put him in my top 10, but I'm not going further than that. I wonder why I'm not going further than that. Because he's not, he's not, he hasn't done anything to me that warrants that. Okay, best 3 point shooter of all time. Cool. Change the game. Cool. Batty back. No, back-to-back MVPs and a unanimous MVP. I don't really care about that because the only reason LeBron doesn't have a unanimous MVP is one vote. To do with that what you will. Right? The only reason LeBron doesn't have a unanimous MVP is one vote. Do with that what you will. You know what I'm saying? And so, I think when you take it from that regard, in that vein, in that style there were so many people so and it's still happening cuz I'm literally recording this again before the Western Conference playoffs start tonight there are still people jumping on the there are now people jumping on the Denver bandwagon who have who were literally like they jumped on the Joel Embiid for MVP narrative bandwagon and are now spinning around and being like I'm all on the Nikola Jokic and Denver next to the finals bandwagon. That's very interesting. It's very interesting how quickly people just shift their allegiances, and it always seems to be a little bit of against LeBron. Not the discussion for the day, but just kind of a moment to sit here and talk about just that just position. Because again, the Golden State Warriors, you know, two years removed from the from the bubble, when they weren't even invited, you know, were able to go out there and win a chip. You know, and then that was probably the last we saw Clay Thompson. <laughs> the last we really saw Draymond Green was in 2016. <laughs> last year was the last we saw Clay Thompson. That was also the best we've ever seen Steph Curry. So there was a lot of belief, reason that they were gonna come into the season and beat and potentially go back. It didn't happen. So now here we are. at the conference playoffs, at the conference finals, in the playoffs, with the four teams that were in the bubble in a sense validating the bubble because now that that's happened I feel like they like as we get to it and as we get past it there the pundits and the big networks are gonna start circling back on the bubble I see some of them might on what does that mean and kind of what I'm doing now that juxtaposition of teams having an extended time in the bubble what they did to their fatigue and wearing down their bodies naturally. To then only have a two month break for those specific teams, like the Lakers and Miami, only having less than a two month break, more or less, and then try and come back for another season. No. Then you get back on track going to the next year. Again, a little bit of a shorter off season so you can get back on regular schedule going into the 21 2022 season. Okay, again, a measure of can we get it together? Can we figure it out? Can we? make it back, whatever Boston did. And now here we are in 23. Now, the real question is, is it going to be what everybody wants? Is it going to be the sunshine the sunshine states? Or is it going to be <laughs> the states don't nobody want to coach to, <laughs> Unless you just like uh, paraphernalia in Denver, Colorado. We'll just leave that at that. Now, that might be kind of cool. If that's what you want to do uh, in the mile-high city. But, um, yeah, I don't think anybody is 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 just is just championing, you know, a Boston-Denver finals. I think a lot of people would rather see L.A.-Miami a little bit of a, re- of a repeat from 2020. We know what the Jimmy Butler thing is. We would love to see Lakers sell obviously. But I also understand that Denver is the best team. And the only reason that people aren't picking Denver is they don't believe in Denver. Don't believe in Nikolajokis. They don't believe in Denver. And there's a measure of okay, right? They're the only team of the three who has not been to a finals in the last three to four years. Of the four, rather. Denver, of the four, the only team that has not been to a finals in the last four years. Three to four years. Last three, four seasons, they have not. Right? Lagos, Miami, 2020. Uh, Boston made it back in 2022. The only ones. So, like, there's a measure of being, hey, can they finally get it done? We shall see. But, you know, that's more or less it uh, for that part of things. But I do think there are some other uh, interesting things going on in the NBA season right before we close. Um, that I just want to touch on really quickly. I think it's kind of interesting. So there's going to be a new in-season tournament for the NBA, I believe, in this next season. It's still going to be an 82-game season, so I don't really know how that's going to work. But I do think think that there's any closeness of a sport by comparison from talent-level dictating success more so than any other sport is like basketball and soccer for team sports, team sports, individual sports, team sports, it's like basketball and soccer, right? But they also, but that's, I think that's kind of what they're kind of moving to as well in a sense is because soccer has like three, four in season tournaments for like the high end leagues, let alone like championships.